This is Dana Fuse, and you're listening to Jim and Mike Talk Music. Welcome to Jim and Mike Talk Music. I'm Jim. And I'm Mike. Good to see you again. We were, uh, just to jog your memory, we were the first to greet you after the Stanhope show in New Jersey when you weren't feeling oh, well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. came up uh, running to you. <laughs> <laughs> to now say it hi. all comes back. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I was Stanhope. Like a foggy mess. Yeah, I bet it was foggy for you. Yeah, that, that night. I was sick that whole weekend. <laughs> but I wasn't feeling well before that. You, oh, okay. I was like, but oh, it wasn't man. your hug. That you <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I have many people I infected. <laughs> oh, a hug. A hug is worth it sometimes. Yeah. So that's great. You know You're what? out. And I just, I'm letting my five and a half year, he's crying because he didn't see his parents. Oh. Hold on. And what's the matter? What happened? Guys, can you give me a second? Oh, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Do what you got to do. My husband okay. took a year old, and <laughs> I don't know what happened to this one. Aiden, mommy's doing a, an interview. What's happening? Do you want to sit here with me for a second? I just have to talk to these guys. Dana, that's really special. That is so special that we get to see you in a different role here. This is uh, Aiden. And so on. Hi, Aiden. Can you say hi? Are you shy? <laughs> okay. Yeah, you don't have to say <laughs> hi. All right, can I finish this? Right, I'm going to talk to these guys, but you can sit right here with me, okay, my love? Okay. We certainly don't mind if he joins. <laughs> yeah. So where, where are you? Thank you. We are at this famous old cathedral um, in Upper Manhattan on Amsterdam Avenue 112. It's called uh, uh, Cathedral Parkway, and they have a, a children's school here called ACT, A-C-T. Mm-hmm. So one of Aiden's classmates and his brother celebrating their birthdays. And also it's a going away party because they're moving to the suburbs of New Jersey. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> beautiful. We're, yeah. we're in New Jersey. We're across the Don't state. We're across the state all you the way. You guys are uh, in where? Washington, New Jersey. Right before you get to PA. Okay. Yeah, that's Directly right west. Aiden. I'm sorry, he's climbing. That's a very okay. treacherous. No, 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 no. Go back. My husband thought he took the... The one uh, obstacle away. Okay, sorry, guys. Go no play. I'll be right there. <laughs> Going back to play. Let's hey, Dana. I like, I'm so I like sorry. It. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no problem. We're, no problem at all. Um, I'm noting your fashion here for our listeners. You're wearing uh, uh, the uh, the Australian. Uh, you know, from the from the angle of the photo, it's Australian hat. The, the brown, uh, the brown and beige theme. The brown sunglasses and yes. uh, yeah, is it the paparazzi? Are you fearing the paparazzi coming after you? You look no, different than when we saw you on stage. Deadly sun. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sun. I'm trying to avoid the sun at all costs. Right. I'm not a hotter girl. <laughs> <laughs> this Start. is my desert hat. I got this hat in the desert. Yeah, Arizona. 
the Grand Canyon, actually. Oh, yeah. SPF 50. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about, start off talking about your new album, Borrowed Time. It's your ninth album. Can you tell us some things about the album, like where it was recorded? I'm assuming it's all original material. Yes. Great Every album. Every song is uh, original. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was recorded in a, a town called Croswell, Michigan, which is about an hour and a half outside of Detroit in like more farm territory. Mm-hmm. We were initially going to be in uh, Muscle Shoals and uh, a little bit of Memphis, but that the producer we were geared up to record with was just too nervous about COVID because mm-hmm. he's older. And even, even though he was boosted, he was just, he panicked canceled twice and after the second cancellation we just realized we needed an album out this year so our label roof records asked us to uh you know listen to two other producers and the guy that we ended up with i just like the sounds were a little different it wasn't the the mainstream sort of bluesy rock stuff that we were hearing from you know a lot of producers in that genre who were great mm-hmm. i just felt like all right let's try something different and we had a phone call with him and he'd already gotten the demos and he was just on point with all of his thoughts and direction like let's go stones on this one let's go scattered mm-hmm. on that one you know mm-hmm. all the reference were just i i literally was on the phone texting the my music partner and manager going this is the guy i don't i don't even need to talk to anybody else <laughs> So we went like to joke and say we made a sort of Southern rock record in the middle of snowy Michigan. Uh, I flew the day before Thanksgiving and the whole family came. I just really this this was the first album that, you know, I didn't really have too much say in like scheduling and musicians. I brought, of course, it's me and my music partner and co-writer, John Diamond. And I always bring my bass player, Jack Daly. But other than that, producer picked the studio. He said, do you want to do big slick studio in Detroit or do you want to go to a homemade studio in the country with a dog? I was like the country with the dog. Take me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick of slick city. I live in New York city. I, I'll take the country with the dog. And it, was, yeah. it was such the right move. It was an amazing time making it. So was this black river house? Yes, exactly. Okay. Kenny Tudrick's mm-hmm. place. Okay. And he, he worked with Samantha fish. Yeah. He, he drummed with her. Yeah. As he okay. co-produced her album. But he, you know, his claim to fame was Kid Rock back in the day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of people know that he helped write some of those hits. Yeah. Even they're in the stroller. Daddy's, daddy's got them in the stroller. He'll be right back. You have plenty of other clothes. You can get those wet. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so is, is he playing drums rock on the album? Rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rock and roll. <laughs> no. Kenny is a brilliant guitar player. So he's the other okay. guitarist. It's the first time we've ever tracked live with another guitarist. We've either gone in and done basics and then overdubbed second guitar with John Diamond yeah. doing all the guitar part. And if we tracked with another portal instrument, it was usually keys. And this time we're like, let's just do live takes with Kenny and John. And it, it played out brilliantly. I mean, pretty much everything you're hearing on that record there there was so little john overdubbed a couple of solo sections but that was everything else is the two of them just you know feeding off of each other which is great yeah the guitar work on that is yeah incredible and i noticed uh with this latest album uh my own opinion 
is is it's hearing it uh like you said the the influences that you mentioned already uh going into this album and you can hear them on there and uh and so i'm hearing even a uh, a harder driving rock with some blues you know and and and, yes. and listening to mm -hmm. some previous uh albums and stuff it's a it's quite a mix of rock and blues and so yeah this is a little bit of blues uh influence but a lot of uh you're rocking just like you were at the uh stanhope in new jersey uh, not long ago yeah yeah rocking out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did notice two of the songs sound reminded me of the stones like right away mm -hmm. hard road and my favorite not, very stonesy yeah not another second on you that's like my favorite i'm so glad song on that yeah. Tell us about something about that song. Not another second. What, Not what's another your... second. It's so funny because literally we were going to do a cover and the producer was like, just go write a song. Do you got any like barn burners in your back pocket? <laughs> mm -hmm. So John Diamond started playing this riff and I was like, just give us an hour. And we went, <laughs> set aside. Wow. The band took a break and ate and we wrote Not Another Second. I, as soon as he was playing the riff, I was like, this is going to be my gun song. And yeah. <laughs> I've always wanted to write a song about, you know, the, the, the conundrum of gun culture in this country. You know, and you have to mm -hmm. be careful because I know a lot of my fan base are, you know, gun owners and mm -hmm. they don't yeah. want to lose their guns. But at the same time, we've got to do something about the oh, crises. Yeah. And obviously mm -hmm. this is before another batch of children were just killed mm -hmm. so you know it, it was really just as john was playing the riff i suddenly just had an image of like you know the rioting that was going on during black lives matter with the george floyd all the police shootings all the news about shootings in general and i just imagined myself floating through these different scenes being a spectator mm -hmm. of what goes on and that's why it's like you know, uh, you can't walk in a dead man's shoes, wearing that gun like a ball and chain. It just the lyrics flow to me. Yeah. And it just really worked with what John was doing. I, I imagined if I ever made a music video for that song, I wanted to just see a bunch of people having a bar fight, throwing furniture. Uh -huh. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, yeah. Reminds I me of the Stones. A bar fight. <laughs> right? Stones on tour. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it is there important. You you know that you need to be careful for your fan base but of course you know as the song came to you you need to be true to yourself and and get that out and that's that's it came across really well i, I thought you mm -hmm. know jim's Thank favorite you. that means a lot <laughs> i mean it's got it my also, favorite rocker yes favorite rocker there's also a great hook when you say been on the run with a ball and chain when it goes into that i mean that's in the song a couple yeah. of times but then that's a great hook yeah, that's and, our little 
bridge. That was my favorite part of the song. We're in agreement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love cool. singing that part. I just like the changes John found there. And he's like, wow. Well, even changing the, the title, like when I listen to it, I'm like, is she saying not another second to lose? And you are in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. at, towards the end on you, he said. So I, th I thought that was a great, great transition. I like to sneak in those little things like yeah. when I write a song. Yeah, one little change. It gets the listener uh, listening. Yeah. And what about um, one more Call My Name? That's another one of my favorites. That's actually one of my favorite slow ones on the record. That yeah. one, you know, we acoustic demo again, you know, John's just so good at just like, he'll just start the way we write is really interesting. And we wrote these songs pretty fast because we thought we had a earlier deadline than we ended up having with the change of producers. So I was running, he lives four blocks from me, which, and in his old tenement, like Homestone house in East Harlem, they is our studio. So I would just show up and I'd be like, okay, I got three hours of babysitter today. You know, we got to do this. <laughs> yeah. And he was Man, starting to wretched. play me stuff. Yeah, we, we were definitely under, under the gun, if you will. <laughs> and with that one, he was just playing through stuff he had just been recording at home, like just little snippets of ideas. And that one just stopped me. And I was like, whoa, play that again. Mm -hmm. and loved the way the chords were moving and, and the, the strum he was doing. And I was like, okay, now play it live, turn the recording off and just keep playing the verse section over and over and over. And that's what he'll often do. And then I'll just start typing. The words will just flow out. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask, are you typing, writing, or just trying to remember everything? So yeah, you just start typing out as fast as you can. Yeah, and, and a lot of times I'm just making up words and then it'll evoke an idea and I'll go back and I'll go, oh, mm -hmm. this is what, Get the story and sometimes john will have a melody in his mind oftentimes actually john will have a melody and he'll just mumble he'll never sing words but he'll start doing that and i'll hear words in his mumble and it'll evoke an idea so mm -hmm. that's what happened with call my name he was like it sounds like you're saying it's all right lover mm -hmm. i'm gonna <laughs> use that there's something there that was how that mm -hmm. started and i said just keep playing that over and over and over again and then i just yeah. typed yeah. So you've got an emotion. I mean, he's, you know, he's starting with if he, he has an emotion and you came up and you heard in his mumblings, uh, it's all right. It's all, I mean, that means a lot. There's a, there's a comfort there, you know, yes. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, he her. gave me a mood. He get, you're right. Yeah. He gave me a yeah. mood and an emotion. And then you, I built the story around it. Yeah. Wow. This is, like I said, your ninth album, but there, there has to be something about this album that, like I said, not that to discredit your other albums, which are great. But other people are hearing. This, yeah. Your album made it to number four on Billboard Blues charts. It, yeah, have you ever... Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> 
something have, to be proud of. Have you ever had? You've probably never charted an album that that high, or in the blue. No, blue. I don't think so. And especially, you know, bear, you know, right in the company of Bonnie Raitt and oh know, yeah, there was some great. I remember I was we up got there Robin, with some great ones. Yeah. Robin Trower, Robin Trower. Um, Taj Mahal, Edgar Winter. Taj Mahal, yeah, yeah. Big uh. Taj Mahal fan too. So mm-hmm. that was that that was an honor. And it's so funny when we were making the record. I was like. I hope this isn't too rock and roll. And I remember, you know, someone saying to me, every blues fan, you know, is a rock and roll fan too. Right. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right. I remember when we were done and, and starting to listen to mixes, we were like, this was a blast. But is anybody going to like this? So that was, it was mm-hmm. a surprise to chart like that. Yeah. I listened to it again this morning. Mm-hmm. Probably listened to it, I don't know, five or six times so mm-hmm. far. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Just love it. Love it. Yeah, the two the two moods of blues, you know, <laughs> you know that that low, the you know the classic blues that, uh, uh, you know, and then just rocking out. You need that, you know. It's 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 like, you know, some some rock and rollers uh, from decades ago, and then they do this ballad, you know, "Kiss Did Beth," right? I mean, yeah, you know, that's Kiss. <laughs> Calling. <laughs> yeah, I mean that kind of thing. So you know, well, I like the combination of. Mm-hmm. You know, the album starts out with a real rocker and ends with um, Star, which is a real rocker. But in between, yeah. like I thought at first, I thought, you know, the first song after hearing the first and then it slows down to I thought that was kind of strange. But, <laughs> you know, Blue Mist Road. But right. after listening to the whole album completely, it it works mm-hmm. with with it the works. song. I felt like Double Down was so such an onslaught that I was like, let let's let people breathe for a second yeah. after that, but mm-hmm. not to go too drastic to a ballad. So I want to. Uh, I saw you for the first time then, as I mentioned already, at Stanhope House in New Jersey. Jim has seen you uh, four, live, four times live four times. Uh, Sellersville well, Theater, Sellersville, PA. First time. Oh, yeah. I just discovered you. I don't know how long ago it was at Sellersville. But I remember your, the drummer was sick, and it was just you and John Diamond. And Oh, wow. I remember that show. It was and March that was, or February or something. So it's weird seeing you the last time you, you weren't feeling well. And then this, <laughs> and the first time I saw you, the drummer. Yeah. And uh, my, wife had, my wife is very, um, she only likes a couple bands, like ABBA, Chili, Chili Peppers. Chili Peppers, ah. and it's one, one extreme to the other. Really. Yeah. How about that mix, huh? But she didn't. She didn't mix. know who you were, and she she fell in love with you. You know, like I did. Oh wow! She even said she had, don't take this the wrong. She said she had a girl crush <laughs> on you after oh, seeing it. So. Don't take that. There. I love that. Yeah, I love she, that expression too. That's, she, she's home here, but she yeah. she can't hear us. She's and she's a, that was the first time I met you. I met you twice. The last time and the first time. And the first time we got out into the lobby, we were first, and you came out and you sat on the table in front of him and said, hey, guy, or like, so that was my first impression of you. Just, you're just so warm and so down to earth. So that's what I wanted to ask about, you know, seeing uh, at the at the um, Stanhope show, you know, you you came to the front of the stage. Again, this is a you know, bar club size, you know, just talking to the people and you had those people up front that it was just true, genuine fan and, and sisterly love. You know, that was special. That, that touched me. 
It did, it did touch me. And so you're able to share your personal feelings and thoughts, which is, you know, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's not common, you know? So, um, so thank so, you for that. Cause some bands come out, they don't even talk to the audience. They mm-hmm. go from one song to another. Mm-hmm. You're part of the crowd. You're, you're just, yeah. it's just a war. I don't know and, how to explain and to watch it. that, that, to watch that fan. It's there a good with her feel, family. You leave there yeah. with a smile on your face. Yeah. That, that know, she just, was, she was going wild. That fan. <laughs> I'm not sure. If you remember which one. I don't, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great. We were just right behind her there. So that was good. Part of yeah. it that, on tour getting sick all the time now add kids to the equation who are also oh vectors, yeah so you always get sick mm-hmm. from them so yeah it's just that connection with an audience imagine like just getting up there okay look at me listen to me here's my song see ya <laughs> like yeah yeah i wouldn't do it i couldn't do it mm-hmm. right and you have fun doing it mm-hmm. i can tell you love yeah meeting your fans and singing to I them really and the whole the whole thing Speaking of touring, I was wondering, do you have any rituals before you go on stage? Is it just quiet time? Are you listening to music? Are you- You're talking about 15, five minutes before going on, right before going on? Yeah. Yeah. So I like to be ready. I like to be dressed and ready 30 minutes before showtime. And then I just sit, you know, while I'm getting dressed and ready, I have, you know, it depends on the mood I'm in for what music I play, but I play music. It's kind of getting me in the headspace. And then I'm dressed and ready. I like to sit a few minutes and then I like to go sit with the band and just, mm-hmm. you know, loud something, maybe go over the set again one more time and just have a little powwow with them mm-hmm. after I've had my solo time. So it's mm-hmm. really, yeah. and I do a lot of warm up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> do a little moment of like, my, I, I said intention. I'm a, I'm a Buddhist practitioner, so everything's mm-hmm. about setting your intention before you go into a new such situation. So before I go on stage, I always set my intention. Let me just connect with the audience, give them a respite from their lives for the next hour and a half, two hours, whatever it is. So that's my and main, the, main thing that I've never done with that more than a decade. And to take your mind off of everything. So just, <laughs> yeah, if you're yeah, performing, like, certainly. Just, oh, yeah. Do you have any favorite <clears throat> venues or cities? I know you played a lot of places in other countries and a memorable story from one of those uh, that, that we haven't heard before. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, there was it's... this festival we've done a lot in Norway called Skonovic. Mm-hmm. And the first time we ever played the festival, it was the biggest paying show of the whole tour. And honestly, without the show, the tour would have cost us money. And our plane was canceled because there was weather coming into the fjords, the mountains, and it's these little puddle jumpers. So they put us on up, heading us back the other direction, and we were quite dejected. Then the bus driver pulled over, and it wasn't just us. It was everybody who was on that flight. Right. Um, the bus driver pulled over, and do we have a Donna Fuchs here? And you know, <laughs> me and the band are like, yeah. And they're Donna like, come Fuchs. up to us. And then they said, we're pulling over. They're sending a helicopter so you can make the festival. Wow. <laughs> So everybody's on the bus cheering for us. They send the helicopter. It picks us up. We land in the middle of this giant stadium. And I get out. Crowd's already there waiting for the main act, which is Twisted Sister. Uh I get out. My hair is down. It's blonde. I'm tall. I know they thought I was Dee Snyder. They start going crazy. (laughs) They didn't know who Dana Fuchs was. I'm like. Oh my God. And my drummer goes, they think you're D Snyder. Dude so looks I like did a lady. the famous D Snyder spin. <laughs> and, uh, 
the, because it was far enough away, all the, all the height and the hair, because I was in a yeah, jacket, yeah. and I just spun around for them, like, yeah, like yeah. spider might. Wow. <laughs> I, they went crazy, and then we played first, and then Twisted Sister came out, and Dee Snyder just got on the mic and started raving about our show. I was just utterly wow. blown away, and I got to meet mm -hmm. all of these guys. I was like, holy shit, I was a kid when you were all over mm -hmm. MTV, man. Yeah. This is too <laughs> cool. So that's, I love Norway. I mean, I love all the countries, but it's mm -hmm. a fun story that I haven't told in a long time. Mm -hmm. Then yeah. I got stung by the world's largest jellyfish the next day. Oh. Water. Ten hours of burning. It was yeah. still fun. Mm -hmm. We're going to Sweden next month. Our second time. Oh, I love Stockholm. Sweden. I don't yeah. go to Sweden that often, but that, Stockholm is so clean. You mm -hmm. sidewalk. Yeah, we went there like three years ago. We're going three weeks this time. Staying in an apartment, Ooh, nice. Airbnb with my son. He's he's nineteen. So. Yeah, very amazing. cool. Thanks for that. Thanks for that story. That was uh, getting mistook for D. Snyder across the tarmac. <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> hey, we only have a few minutes left. You were in a uh, movie across the universe. It's it's in a very 2007. 2007, very unusual movie. You were Sadie. Is that right? The role of Sadie. <laughs> a lot of people don't aren't even aware of that movie. What was your experience with that overall? You know, it was my first time ever doing any film, but to have your first film cast you as a lead in the film and work with mm -hmm. Bono and Joe Cocker, it was kind of insane. And just remember the cast and I just kept pinching ourselves because we were all unknowns going, I can't believe that we're getting paid for this. And you know, they mm -hmm. were rolling out the red carpet for us. It's a big budget film. Yeah. It didn't quite, you know, get the promotion it, I, I think it deserved. So it wasn't as well known as I think it should have been. But, you know, in our world, getting flown all these different places for previews and and it was just a blast to make and every night going in the studio with t-bone burnett i got to meet elvis costello oh, wow. it's a dream <laughs> wow <laughs> that bono is so and I cool did a dance together and i hung out with bono on the edge in england all night <laughs> i mean it was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and your scene is the psychedelic trip uh, li literally and figuratively uh, on this uh double decker uh, i believe double decker topless bus yeah. And so, yeah, and Bono is and uh, is is singing, and uh, he's got a cowboy hat, which he always looks so good in, uh, or a hat yeah. like yours right now. I can't remember, recall. Yeah, it's a wild scene. So, I mean, it is it is wildness. So then you got to uh, got to hang with uh, Bono and the Edge a little bit. Yeah, in fact, great story is Bono had a show at the Garden while we were shooting, so he invited all the cast to the VIP. And my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, we were there. He left his badge. So they ushered us quickly into the VIP, which is right in front of the stage. Mm -hmm. But they, the guards wouldn't let my husband in without his badge and mm -hmm. believe that he really had one, so on mm -hmm. and so forth. So I felt badly. I was like, you know, I've seen you two a million times. I get to make this movie with Bono. I'm going to go hang with my husband so he's not left out. Behind the VIP thing, I've still got my badge go in and out. Mm -hmm. Watching the show, and at one point, Bono does a song. I was a huge U2 fan as a kid. Mm -hmm. There's a song called mm -hmm. Party Girl. And oh, he's taking that, requests mm -hmm. from the audience. And so An the early U2 song. Yells out, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. and someone screams for Party Girl, and Bono's like, oh, shit, I don't know if I remember the lyric. He's like, is anybody out there? No Party Girl. And it's a pretty <laughs> young audience. And I'm like, me, I know every word. I was like, if you know it, come on up. I started to get to the stage. I was like, Kev, got to leave you. And I beeline <laughs> it to the VIP. I'm like about to get on stage with Bono. And these girls like were in the way. 
gave me this really dirty look and I just felt mm-hmm. stupid all of a sudden. I was like, all right, let me not embarrass myself. I'm mm-hmm. making a movie with Bono. I don't need yeah. to do this right now. Don't need to sing with him right now in- too. Yeah. Okay. I know. I'm, I kick myself <laughs> to this day. The next day we were in makeup and uh, literally uh, he asked how I like Kong. Well, I, I told him the whole story. Well, I was out there. I was trying to get back to the VIP section because I knew every word party girl. And he said, oh, Sadie, which was my character's name. Oh, Sadie. <laughs> I, I would have known. I would have had you sing a few with us that night. I was just like, wow. <laughs> I will regret that till my dying day. <laughs> so cool. I so cool. Let bitchy young girls shame me out of getting on stage. Uh, <laughs> what difference does people, two people in your way can make? Or yeah. maybe it was two twenty, but <laughs> yeah. Wow. Great story. Yeah. Uh, Jim and I have been YouTube fans, seen him many times. And so, yeah, that's uh, that's a great story to hear. Great for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've seen him like eight, eight times. Yeah. Almost yeah, every I've tour. About as much. You know. Same yeah. here since I was a little kid. I mean, I was too young to go. I remember my friend's brother was going to the war. We were like really young kids, so mm-hmm. we couldn't go. But yeah. I got to see them on their last show before they hit arenas. It was Radio City Music Hall. And uh, I was pretty close up and we were all standing on top of the red velvet chairs and it was pretty insane. Yeah, that was my favorite, one of my favorite shows, 84. Amazing. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you. We'll let you get back to your- You two guys. Hey, thanks Thank especially you for being for... so patient today. Oh, oh yeah, it's yeah. great to see you in the motherly role. This is this is really really <laughs> great. And you're outside. I'd rather be outside, and I'm going to be. Thank you so much for the two stories as well. Those yeah. are those are those are amazing stories. <laughs> and we urge great, everybody to check out "Borrowed Time." You got got to listen to that that album. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Go guys. to Dana's website. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Dana. <laughs> thanks, Thank you. Guys. Okay. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye. Bye bye. Sweating bullets, screaming dirty, better than he gave. Blow your mind every night, just so you forget. Rising, rolling, walking, weary, keep on keeping on. Broken on. Y'all gone. Is it everything you hope for? Is it all you'll ever need? A dream that only takes you so far. Is it all you ever want? So it's all you'll ever be. You're gonna be a star. Better believe it. Today's interview was recorded on Zoom and at, did you say, 7 Studios in Washington, New Jersey. Go to the YouTube channel for exclusive video content. Intro and exit music by the band 99%. Today's show was produced and edited by Jim Thatcher. You can find Jim and Mike Talk Music on Apple Music, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts. This song's Hard Road, Not Another Second on You, Call My Name, and Star. Use with permission from Dana Fuchs.
Good night, everybody.